What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the house. My name is Caleb Prozy, and joining me, as always, are my biggest sports friends and my wonderful co-hosts, Naaman Smith and Caleb Confusioni. And on this podcast, we talk about everything sports every week. And on episode 11, we'll be talking about the Colts firing their head coach. What does that mean for that franchise, and what can Jeff Saturday bring to that team? Uh huh. Next, FSU Athletics is ramping up with basketballs for both men's and women's tipping off and soccer winning the ACC championship. Let's go! Next, the World Series is done. Stroh's in six. Houston is hype. Well, that's the end of baseball, so we won't be talking about that for the rest of our podcast series. Next, a great weekend for college football and the NFL. A lot of exciting games, a lot of close matchups, and overtime victories. And then, of course, we will finish up with our picks for the rest of the week moving forward. Was Siri trying to get a word in there? Siri was trying to get a word in there. But I'll let her have her word. Nobody's going to listen to her. Someone who's not going to get a word in anymore is Frank Wright. He is not. Recently fired Colts coach. That was a great transition. Let's great. talk about Nice segue. Nice job, dude. Um, yeah, I'll take the lead on this because I've been listening to a lot of stuff about this lately. Yeah. Um, yeah, Frank Wright out of the build. Reich? Yeah, out of the building. Uh, they bring in Jeff Saturday, who just last week was, you know, prepping his topics for uh, what show is he on? I think it's good. Is it Good Morning Football? Or something like that. Well, he's on first take. Yeah, he's, he's on first, first take. First, as well. first take. He's a very popular that. ESPN analyst, but mm-hmm. a longtime center in the Colts franchise. Center in the Colts franchise. Pro Bowler. Yeah. Peyton Manning's guy. I think it's very. I think it's a smart hire. Well, I, because it's, Jeff, it's more just interim right now. It's, it's, it's interim. I mean, interim. I think it's a smart move as an interim head coach because let's be honest, interim head coaches. If you try and hire someone that's going to come in and just like change the culture and change the program midway through, it never really tends to work very often. Yeah. So I think Jeff Saturday is a likable guy in Indianapolis. I think he might be spark a fire under the offensive line because that's where he used to play position wise. Uh, so I think if there's any group on that team he's going to influence, it'll be the O line, which has been performing extremely poorly lately. Um, and like I said, it's not like they're it's not like they're going into this thinking, oh yeah, he's going to win a ton of games, but it'll at least spark the interest of fans, uh, yeah. and maybe get some ticket sales. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's a huge marketing tactic. It's a way to keep fans still excited about the season that has ultimately been uneventful, well, three and five, disastrous. Not what the Colts are, how they performed, especially when Jeff Saturday was a player. Yeah. So it's going to be, yeah. oh my gosh, Jeff Saturday is going to be there coaching our team that he was a long winded player for. Let's go to let's go to Lucas Oil. Like, yeah. let's yeah. go see Jeff Saturday. He's a smart dude. Like, he is. He, Jeff Saturday is a smart guy. He knows like, offensive schemes very well. Yeah, and it, I don't think he's gonna. I mean, he's not gonna step in and call plays this weekend or maybe even next weekend, which is a little bit scary. Like, who's gonna be the one calling plays over in Indy? Yeah. You know, will it be Matt Ryan? Will it be, you know, maybe one of the Truster, coordinators, yeah, coordinators or something? But you know, it, it's gonna take a minute for him to learn because his only experience coaching previous to this is high school football. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit scary, but again, like huge, obviously, like very close to the franchise, very close to everyone on staff there. Uh, the city loves them, so I, I think it's smart. I think it's a good move by the Colts. Um, they just oh. gotta find their guy at QB. That's the biggest thing that's right true. now, I think, for them. So, so I, I've been listening to a lot of stuff too. I'll wrap it up with this. So first off, they went to Sam Ellinger uh, recently. As like they got rid of the well, they didn't get rid of. It. They benched the veteran and they went with Sam Ellinger, which really was just kind of like he's either gonna help the offense get better because they were struggling, or they're gonna tank. 
and then draft a QB high up. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um. So I think they'll still tank. I think Jeff Saturday is yeah. not going to change them into a winning team. No. But because this guy has no coaching experience, has never coached in the NFL, never coached in college. I was talking to Prozy today at the gym that he did coach for a high school team. And they just revealed like some beat writer looked up his record. For he the was below five hundred. Yeah, three and seven. Yeah, I mean, so, about, he, I mean, granted, it was Georgia football, and he was playing some powerhouse high school Georgia teams. Is what I heard. I guess. Yeah, but, but at I mean, the same time, he <coughs> not could a just, good look. Yeah, he yeah. could just not be a good coach because if you think about it. I mean, I grew up in Jacksonville, and Mark Brunel, longtime Jags quarterback, was a coach of my rival high school. Yeah, he wasn't that great. Yeah, I mean, it's Mark Brunel, but like, that's not gonna, just because you have an NFL player, ex NFL players, or coach doesn't mean success. Unless it's Philip Rivers, that dude looked like he Phillip was. Philip Rivers having, is a stud. High school. He looked like yeah. he was going crazy as a high school coach. Coaches at my dad's rival school, so that's cool. that's cool. Shout out, Philip. Uh, moving forward, we've got a lot of FSU athletics. Some duds, some studs. FSU women's soccer Do you took want me to the take it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so FSU women's soccer. Let's talk about it. So, uh, just to give the viewers or the listeners, I guess in this case, an understanding of how women's soccer and who the dynasty, the dominant powerhouse has been in the past, it actually hasn't been FSU. Uh, it's been UNC. Yep. UNC, yeah. there's been 27 ACC championships. Yeah. They've won 23 of them. Like just think about that. That's a dynasty. They they yeah. they have lost four out of the twenty seven in existence, and then national championship wise, there's been forty one national championships ever for women's soccer. Yeah. First off, that's bad. There should have been more. I don't know why there's not more. Uh, but, oh yeah. Yeah, we're not gonna get into that. UNC's won twenty plus national championships out of the forty one. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like that's that's half of the time they're winning. So like FSU's, we've won three natties, and we yeah, like, we're getting yeah, up we're there. We're see. we're building our name. We built our name. Yeah. So something that does help UNC every year is they host the ACC championships in Cary, North Carolina every year, mm-hmm. which is like that's like a home. Game. It's yeah, it's a neutral yep. site, quote unquote. So FSU went up there. And our first game was against number four, Notre Dame. Not an easy game at all. If no. anything, we weren't favored. Notre Dame, we lost him in the regular season. So that game was just a crazy game. We went up 1-0. Then they scored two in a span of 90 seconds. Jeez. Two goals in 90 seconds. We got really lazy on just simple passes. Hmm. Like if I was trying to pass it to Caleb, instead of kicking it to Caleb, I kick it like five yards away from him. Yeah. And then they just had quick breakaways off of bad turnovers. So, two goals really quickly, and then we scored one in, like, the 70s, minute-wise, mm-hmm. really late into the game, tied it up, no one scored in overtime, and then we went to PKs. Luckily, we clutched up in PKs. In I think water. both of the games in that round, they both went to PKs. Duke, North Carolina also went to PKs. They did. Yep. They did. Again, the ACC is just stacked soccer-wise. It is. Duke, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and us are all top 10. Yeah. And then Virginia's like 12 or 13. But uh, so then we versed UNC in the championship. Literally just the dark side. Like they're the juggernaut. We're going up against yeah. them on their home turf. They beat us already once in the regular season. And we just at did. Home, at at FSU. Home. We just yeah. did a tremendous job. I don't really know. Sometimes soccer's one of those games where we were just the better team that showed up. Yeah. I mean, like, anybody you, can win. Like it's, it's anyone can show up or, I mean, yeah. I guess – 
UNC wasn't technically <sighs> like they weren't absent from that game, but they just yeah. weren't as dominant as we expected. So we won that crazy win. I literally so I wa- I worked the women's basketball game yesterday, which we can get into that for a second. They blew out Bethune Cookman. Great win. That yeah, was the season Huge opener. Win. They're averaging like 116 points through three games. They did a tremendous job. It was the education day. So a lot of kids and a lot six. of elementary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. The players probably loved it. Like they made a layup and all the kids were like, yeah. I could hear. I was listening on the radio, and I could all I could hear was like high pitched, like nine year old voices. I was like, "Are there adults in this game, or is it just like elementary school kids?" It was crazy. There were like a few adults. There was probably less than a hundred actual like adults, and they were all like grandparents that are like diehard fans. But the reason why I brought that up is as I was leaving, I left at halftime, and as I was leaving, I see like these <laughs> girls walking up, and they're really tall, and I'm like, "Huh." Maybe they're maybe they're athletes, and I saw one of them with the soccer hat on, and I'm like, no way, it's a soccer team. So I was like, hey, congrats on the championship. Hey, good luck with the Natties. Everyone's supporting you. Yeah, you guys are killing it this year. Great job. And they're like, hey, thanks. Like, and then as they were walking away, one of them was joking around, which is, they were like, hey, if you didn't wear that hat today. You wouldn't recognize us. <laughs> like, there, there's some truth to that, I guess. But uh, like, yeah, let's rally behind our women's soccer team. We're hosting yep. two rounds because mm-hmm. we're the number one seed in the national tournament. That's on yep. Friday. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Yeah, we open up with Florida Gulf Coast on Friday at five, so that should be an easy victory. And then uh, after that, most likely we'll be against eight seed LSU as long as they handle business in their first game as well. Oh yeah. So, um, um, yeah, it'll be a tough road to get there, but hoping that uh, Pinsky keeps the girls uh, motivated and going, and that we can make another run and another title. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch. On the um, on the flip side of that, we have a FSU team that's kind of underperforming. It's the nicest word I can put. Yeah, the men's basketball team fell to Stetson University, the Hatters. Their <laughs> first regular season game, a home opener. In the Tucker Center, yeah, and they lose by nine. I think the final score was eighty-three to seventy-four. Yeah, and they just had that one shooter on Stetson's team who scored what 27, 28? 27. something like that. But that kid was lights out. They hit fourteen yeah. threes. We were in the forty percent, or maybe low fifties of free throws. Yeah, we were not hitting free throws. That's killer. It is it. That's gonna and yeah, everyone can say, "Oh, Baba Miller is suspended. He's not gonna fix that problem." No, no. So either way, we have issues, and so yeah, I'm not gonna talk too much about that. I hope the guys get it together because in the recent years, FSU basketball has been one of the better ACC yeah. schools, and I hope that just continues to go. Well, this well, is yeah, it's been a thing where it's like, man, our football team really sucks. Like, at least we can look forward to basketball season. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's always kind of been, at least in But my, our football team is performing well, and our basketball team is right. performing. So. Yeah. yeah, now it's kind of rolls reverse. I guess you can't have it all. But. So, one of the reasons why we lost the game, free throw percentage doesn't really determine the outcome. It has very, like, uh, a little bit. I think, I think it's When our guys are center the line as much as they were, yeah. Well, how about we made three more free throws than them? So, like, in my opinion, that wasn't the deciding factor. The deciding factor was we shot 14 threes, made six. They shot 35 and made 14. So, like, they shot way more threes. Yeah. We shot more twos. We're, yeah, um, we're trying to play more inside, so which we'll, we'll I respect, see. but 
basketball is all about do you have the three-point game on lock now yeah yeah that's just how it's changing and i mean if you can't make three-pointers you're not going to win because the other team most likely can true and we take on ucf this friday that's going to be an interesting game we lost that game at home last year too against ucf they have a pretty good team remember that that was that was very disappointing that that's going to be a scary game because they can shoot threes pretty well and their leading scorer i think his name is what is his name? Taylor Hendricks. Mm. He's a freshman forward. He put up twenty three in their first game. Who they? Do you know who they played or not? <laughs> I don't know. But um, so it'll be interesting. It was an eye opener, and these guys need to wake up because yeah. it's not going to get any easier. Stetson's about the easiest on the schedule as we'll get, other than the exhibition game. But yeah, yeah. as far as the regular season goes, that was supposed as far to be as a games cakewalk. Batter, yeah. Moving well, forward, um, I just want to like rehash the NFL. I know I'm going to kick that over to Caleb. That's where his niche is. So yeah. I'll let him run through that. Yeah, so a few games I want to highlight. So the Eagles uh, continue their dominance, uh, beating the Texans this week. Uh, looked like the Texans might be giving them a game at first, um, but then the Eagles uh, really showed up in the second half. Jalen Hurts uh, continue to just – you know, prove his case for MVP this year. He's one of the front runners, I think, alongside a couple other guys uh, in the league. But the Eagles are the real deal. Uh, we'll see how they fare the rest of the season. I think they still have a lot of more difficult games in front of them. Yeah. Um, and the, the teams they've played so far have been a little bit more in the bottom tier of the league. Um, but, however, to win eight games straight is you know, still impressive. Feet, yeah. so very impressive uh, outing from them so far. Uh, the Lions shocked the Packers. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking this was the game where Aaron Rodgers and that offense might get back on track and get a little bit of momentum against, you know, arguably one of the worst teams in the league in the Lions. And the Lions do have a good offense. Uh, the Lions, Jared's but great uh, offense. Aaron yeah. Rodgers has always fought to the very end against the Lions. Yes. Even when the Packers were it. It's just that, yeah, it's just a divisional rivalry. You know, it doesn't help that it was in Detroit. Right. Um, but, yeah, the offense, the defense stood tall against Aaron Rodgers. I know this uh, What rookie corner had, like, two picks on Aaron Rodgers. I forget his name. Kuda. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Aaron Rodgers just isn't looking good. I don't think he's a rookie no. anymore. He's but... making rough decisions. He's Even in his press conferences, he sounds like he's not a member of this team. No. Yeah, I don't know who was saying. I think it was Colin Coward. He was saying, or somebody on Colin Coward's team, they were saying he is just so like he thinks he's so above the rest of his team. That yeah, I mean, that, and that's the vibe I've kind of always gotten from. Even when they're doing well, that's the vibe I get from him. Like, and uh, you know, I a lot of respect for him as a player. Like, he's obviously an incredible talent, future Hall of Famer, like yeah. a, a, an outstanding quarterback. But like, just the way he carries himself has always run me the wrong way a little bit. Yeah. And especially now when they're doing poorly, it's like, you know, take some ownership over the mistakes. Like, obviously, you know, I mean, three ints this past Saturday against the Lions is like people unacceptable lots of points against the Lions. Like, there is no reason why Aaron Rodgers and that offense shouldn't be putting up 20-something, 30-something points at least against the Lions. Um, Let's talk about the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Dude. Taking off against the Bills. I was not at all expecting this, especially after the whole, you know, the Brees Hall injury and the Jets maybe trying to kind of get back on track. They still, they showed up, and Zach Wilson and the gang beat Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I don't even care about the offense, dude. James Robinson. Sauce, bro. Also, James Robinson did get a touchdown. His first career touchdown with the Jets. Very proud of him. Michael Carter is also a a very, he's a very, it's a great, I think that they're going to run a very good two-back system in New York. But the defense 
Quentin Williams and that forefront on the defensive line, they're mm. dogs. Absolute dogs. Yeah. And dogs. I am so in awe watching these Jets because they're historically bad. At least oh, yeah. in like our lifetime, they're historically bad. Oh, yeah. But watching Sauce Gardner, Quentin Williams, watching these guys absolutely eat up Josh Allen and the Bills, they didn't, I mean, it was a close game, but like no one expected the Jets to win. Yeah. Even awesome. as a, awesome. Even as like a... A kind of Jets fan myself, I still pick the Bills. Yeah. So very it, proud of them and James. It's old school ground and pound and play good defense football. Yeah. Like, which is awesome to see. And I'm glad it's working out for him. I mean, to beat the Buffalo Bills in that manner, like that, it, I mean, that, that's just, a statement win. And the Jets have had a couple of those this year. So yeah. I think people are taking it a lot more seriously. They're tied with the Dolphins for second in that division at both six and three. Yeah. And then the Bills are six and two. Can we talk about that for a second? Someone, it was actually Sean Payton that brought it up on the Colin Coward <sighs> show yesterday. Goat. Um, so he's been talking about. He was mentioning how everyone's talking about the NFC East this year. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles, they're red hot. Giants too, all red hot. Yeah. Cool. Like, and everyone's saying they're the best division in football, and they might be right with that. But that other East division is crazy too. The yeah. AFC East. Which has been historically just a dominated division with Tom Brady By and the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. I mean, are you, it's crazy to think about it. when you're talking about the best teams in that division, you're yeah. not even mentioning the Patriots. The three best teams, as right. Prozy mentioned, six and three, Dolphins and Jets, and then six and two, Bills. We could, we could see ourselves coming up to these playoffs. I mean, we're halfway through the season, but... We could. There's a potential like you could get three teams out of there. You could get three teams out of not only the NFC East, but you can get the three teams out of the AFC East in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And remember, before the year, what division we all had as the best division? I think it was the NFC West. Correct. Prior to or, the season, we really hyped no, 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 up the no, no, AFC, AFC West. AFC, AFC West. West. Sorry, we West. really hyped up the AFC yeah. West. We hyped up the Raiders. Denver, we hyped Vegas. up the Chargers. Yeah. We. I mean, KC's, KC's performing how they're going to perform. Yeah. Right. Granted, they did have a very close. Win yeah. against Malik and the Malik. Titans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that in a minute. That was that was a little shaky. The Chiefs just aren't looking as dominant they used to, but they can close. They're still winning though. Yeah, they're yeah. winning their games that they need to. Yeah, for so, sure. What um, other games you got? So the Kirk Thuggins is a dog, absolute dog, dude. He they beat the Commanders in a decently close game. People, you know, a lot of people have been saying like. Uh, you know, a close game, a close win against the Commanders, like that really doesn't say much. But I think that's, I mean, the Commanders are a team. Like, I don't think they're they're obviously not a great team, but to get, I'm pretty sure they were in Washington. Um, so I think that's a quality away win that they get. Um, you know, they improved to seven and one, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, this team is on fire. They're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, a guy. Like, you know, I mean, a, a lot of. A lot of people see him as a game manager, just kind of like sit in the pocket, throw to your great receivers type guy. But I mean, he's really, I mean, he's, he's, I think more than just a game manager. I think he's really leading this offense in a way that's, uh, you know, just really cool to see. I think now with TJ Hawkinson catching a few passes, I think he, did he get in the end zone this weekend? No, uh, I don't think didn't so. Get in the, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine he wouldn't be in the end zone by next week. But he had nine targets, nine catches, TJ yeah. Hawkinson did in his very first game as a Viking. I think that's a huge outlet for Kirk to throw the ball to, you know, and with Justin Jefferson already on the team, like yeah. having two guys. Adam Thielen like, as well. And Adam Thielen having those, I mean, that's three like massive targets. Yeah. 
to hit on that offense. And the defense is playing well. I mean, he holds the commanders 17. All you got to do is put up 20, which is exactly the what defense, they did. Didn't the defense games. get like a, a couple takeaways or – uh, I'm not sure they may have because I saw that little uh, celebration they had they in the won. end zone. They won interception. It was I don't know. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter. But yes, Kirk Cousins is definitely settled into his role here, which well, you could have said that last year. Like Kirk Cousins has found what he's good at. So yeah. Next. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Hey, hey, I got. Sorry, I'm getting excited that, about this that's next music one. Music to my ears. You guys just like literally praised the Vikings, the team that yeah. was my original. Whatever you want to call it, semi hot, semi hot take or whatever. I would say take. room temp, but yeah, yeah definitely right, not cold. Hey, whatever, whatever. And now everyone seems to be on the Vikings train, which is cool. Before the year, if you guys would have been on the Vikings train, cool. But they're seven and one right now. I had them at thirteen and four, so I am very happy about this. Definitely on pace. Yeah, yeah you're telling good. me they just need to go six and three in the final nine games. Yeah. Like I think they, the, they definitely have some challenges ahead of them. They do. They do. They but for I sure think, do. Yeah, I think 13 and The Bills are going to be mad. They're versing them this week. But it's going to be a good game. Again, they're a very good team. Uh, everyone was sleeping on them. Their brand new head coach is killing it. Yep. Everything pro, uh, Confusioni just said was one of the reasons why I thought they were going to be good at the start of the year. So, yep. They've got a great team. Uh, so we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. With a comeback against the Raiders. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, if if your favorite team is playing the Raiders at any point <laughs> this season, just go ahead and get excited because you're probably going to get a good win. Okay, but I wasn't yeah. during the game. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. great job. Victory Monday for that whole organization. Finally, you got one for the first time since, since September. It has been a rough road. Mm-hmm. They were 2-1. and one, Yep. Lost five straight. This is their third win of the season. It's not great being a Jags fan right now. True. At one point in the game, it was 17 to nothing. It was. And this is the second biggest comeback in the Jags organization's history. Jeez. Wow. And Devontae Adams was absolutely dealing that first half. Yeah. He scored 34 points in fantasy, which this is the perfect scenario for me. Devontae Adams scores 34 points and is on my team, but the Jags win. Yeah, exactly. that's a perfect scenario for me and my fantasy team and my yeah. fandom of the Jags. So good job, you guys. Very happy moving forward. I want to talk about the Dolphins. Ooh, fins up, baby. Damon. How do you feel about that that close win against that dominant Justin Fields this week? Honestly, I'm very happy for the guys. Like it was a good test. I wish they had won by more, but they're not used to the cold yet. The Bears, windy city. Tua's arm was definitely tested. He doesn't have a strong arm, but um. Honestly, I looking at that performance, I would be more happy as a Bears fan than as a Dolphins fan. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really, really good loss for the Bears. I picked yeah. the Bears. Yeah. I, was, I was fully like you guys were like, no Roquan. But, I mean, having the defense have to learn to shuffle, they were fully prepared going into this week to like yep. just cover Darnell. Mm-hmm. And then Chase Claypool just comes into effect. But really, <laughs> they fixated that. their defense on both of them, and Cole Komet got open a lot more. Cole Komet, who, yeah, at the beginning of the year was supposed to, you know, I, I heard lots of great things about who he's supposed to break out this year. And up to this <laughs> point, really hasn't. But, I mean, yeah, he's got open this weekend and, you know, really showed us that he can be more, as a tight end, he can be more than just a and blocker. It, he's a, he's actually a good pass catcher and can, you know, do some work with his legs, too. Justin Fields really... You do, using yeah. the legs like four total touchdowns, three passing, one rushing for seventy-eight yard run, something yeah. like that. I think the longest the Bears, rush in Bears quarterback history. Like I think they finally found the QB 
that they can build this organization around. And, and that, that, yeah, that Dolphins defense isn't pushovers. They're not a bunch of pushovers, too. True. So to yeah. do that kind of damage against a Dolphins defense who's pretty good yeah. across the board, it was impressive. And it really should make Chicago fans happy. Yeah. yeah. He needs to become like a Jalen Hurts. I think that's a very I think good, he can. I think he can. He just needs to become that. That's what that's, yeah. a, that's amazing to me. Off. We're saying to become Jalen Hurts. Like yeah. Jalen Hurts didn't just come into this league. I know. That's right? that's a huge yeah. compliment for Jalen Hurts right there. And I I mean I'm fully supportive of that. But just yeah. one more word on the actual team that won, because we're talking a lot about the Bears as well. Yeah. Let's talk about the Dolphins for yeah, a second. Dolphins are all right. Yeah. The Dolphins to uh again again it wasn't just like a uh a glorious game. Didn't have like eight touchdowns or anything. But he, three touchdowns, zero picks. And yeah. their newcomer, Jeff Wilson, just traded for him from the 49ers, which, again, win-win <laughs> trade. The 49ers just got McCaffrey, mm-hmm. which great job by them. But, the, again, they had a great running back. The Dolphins had a need there. They got him, and he was the bell cow running back in their backfield week one. Yeah. So, very excited. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, studs. Tyree Kill is projected, if he stays on pace receiving yards-wise, he'll become the first receiver ever to get 2,000 yards in a, receive, in a season. That's crazy. Yeah. So, we'll see if that keeps up. He also needs to stay healthy because he's a smaller guy. So Yeah, I, I, I like the Finns a lot. I'm just – I, I'm nervous for them if they're – so, like, say three teams do come out of that division. Like, if they get a bad draw, they could have to play someone like, like the, the Bills the or the Jets. Chiefs, like, first round. I mean, yeah, the Bills or Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> or the but, Jets. like, I mean, they they because they could be the three team out of that division. But we'll see. I mean, they're very exciting to watch. High-powered offense. Now, um, let's hear your sorrows, Caleb. <laughs> let's hear my sorrows. So, yeah, Ravens rock New Orleans last night uh, in – in the Superdome, um, yeah, not a, not a fun watch. Uh, the offense uh, just the New Orleans offense obviously just doesn't really have a lot going for it right now. Uh, we start off really slow last night; like we weren't even getting first downs. Like yeah. it was straight up just like three and out, three and out, three and out, just punts over and over again. And um, I think a lot of it is play calling. A lot of it is like, okay, can we just give the ball to Kamara on first down? Try and get. Three, four, five yards. Get a third and, and manageable at least. Get, like, yeah, get the on. second, third and manageable. Like, stop putting Andy Dalton in these like third and long situations that like he's just not going to be able to. What What convert. is the Jameis update too? So they're. I mean, they are starting Andy. Jameis is healthy. They are starting Andy Dalton. Okay, I, I was wondering. I'm like, and you know, I mean, honestly, I was on board with it at first. But now, I'm, I mean, Andy Dalton missed. Marquez Callaway on a wide open, which could have changed, maybe not changed the results of the game, could have changed the trajectory a little bit, though, I think. Wide open throw to Marquez Callaway in the end zone just to completely miss the throw. And it was, I mean, you could see, like, he was visibly upset about yeah. it, too. Yeah. It's just frustrating to watch because this offense, I mean, you think two years ago when Drew was there and, you know, you got MT, Marcus, uh, I'm sorry, Marcus, Michael Thomas, healthy. Yeah. You know, Camara in his prime and like all these guys that are just like absolute. I, yeah, I think if the Saints players. were healthy, they would be winning this division by a mile. Like, I mean, the yeah. Bucks are at the top of this division. They're four and four. It's a hor- It's probably the worst division. It's, it's definitely, well, that or the AFC South, I would argue, because the yeah. Colts are leading that division three, five, and one. Oh, the Colts. Or no, the, the, the Titans, the Titans are leading that division five and three, and then the second place is three, five, and one. But Honorable mention for this week, Joe Mixon. Props to you. Whoever is a fantasy owner of Joe Mixon, you got yourself 55 points, five touchdowns scored against the Panthers. 
Yeah, wonderful huge. win for the Bengals. Dominant performance by a guy who usually flies under the radar, uh, Joe Mixon. Yeah, keep him on your roster. Start him every week for sure. Yeah, yeah. he's a must-start, high-end RB one, as the little summaries and fantasy app will say. Now, if Naaman is ready. We'll dive into college football. We will yeah. do our quick little two-minute drill and then talk about the games we see fit because it's our podcast. Yeah, yeah. You All ready, right. dude? <clears throat> yeah. Three, two, one. So let's just start off with the best game yep. for us. We were at Beach Weekend, and we had a watch party for Florida State versus Miami. Ooh. And you talk about domination. Oh, like yeah. big brother, Sweet. little brother. 45-3. to three. Yeah, 45-3. to three. Just crazy. Yep. Dominant performance. Ridiculous. Uh, some people are saying Norvell should be ahead of, like, in charge of, like, hurricane evacuation because he had 65,000 people evacuate the city of Miami in three hours. Yeah. In he less than three hours. Efficient. Efficiently. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Georgia, just, again, another dominant performance over Tennessee. Uh, that was supposed to be the game of the week, Disappointing. Actually. Disappointing. 27 to 13 was the final score, but it was really like 27 to 6. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Tennessee scored a late one at the end. Uh, garbage but time. Garbage time, yeah. Oregon, dominant, dominant program right now. Their, their only loss was against, actually, Georgia. And they destroyed Colorado 49 to 10. Uh, LSU, crazy game against Alabama oh, yeah. in overtime, tied up. They decided to go for two when if they didn't get it, they would have lost. But they got the two-point conversion at home. It was rocking in Baton Rouge. Alabama loses their second one of the year. And then one of important note that I would just want to mention, Caleb Prosey was kind of wrong on a pick. Yeah, to talk about definitely that? kind of wrong. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. How'd that go I'm going to give you your last 30 seconds to talk about it. Oh, okay. So all, all the smart guys on the podcast picked, you know, Notre Dame to upset Clemson. And then Prosey was trying to up his standings. And, uh, I was playing he picked, it safe. Yeah, he's playing it safe. And he picked Clemson, and Clemson got rocked. They got rocked in South Bend, and I felt bad for him. But, you know, it stinks to stink. Dude, I'd rather be wrong and Clemson go down than Clemson wins. So. True, true, true. And then just to note of an important game this week, we go to Syracuse. That'll be a good test for Florida State. Yeah. Again, it's been a minute since we versed a ranked team, but we're going to Syracuse. Woo. Syracuse isn't ranked, though. They're ranked 20. I do. They are? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, I thought they – did they not pop out? I thought they popped out of the ranking. They could have. They were 20 going into this, pre, this, this current week. Because oh FSU's ranked now. We're 25. We're 25. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, you're right. Ranked. They did pop out. Yeah, because they lost. That's why we got the – that's why we became – we were the underdog going in, but now we're favored. Now we're favored, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm excited about that game. One game that I do want to mention, though, is Ohio State. They were lucky to – I mean, not lucky, but it was definitely not what we expected Northwestern to do against Ohio yeah. State. A Northwestern team who struggled this year. I mean, they've only won, what, one game, I think, up to this point? Two yeah, games, they, maybe? Yeah, they were not – they definitely were not one to go in and – I mean, it was 21-7, to seven, but yep. Yep. it's not that we – I think Northwestern did what we expected, but Ohio State did not. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you think this is a game where Ohio State puts up 50, 60-something points. Like, yeah. That's what you think coming into this. And, like, to see that the number two team in the country – Beat you know uh, a Big Ten opponent that's I mean, one and eight. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud had he was ten for twenty six and had seventy six yards passing, no touchdowns. Yeah, like I mean, I guess if there's a game that you want to get 
you know, if if you want to get a bad day out, <laughs> please let it, yeah, be, let like it be Northwestern. It was against Northwestern, but like you know, once they and you know if they do get into the college football playoff, which you know high likelihood that they do, and they end up having a performance like this against a team like Georgia or even you know if Tennessee sneaks in there or an Oregon or someone like that, like they're not going to win. They're not going to beat a team like that if they're playing like they did this weekend. But to, yes, and also to go back to the FSU game. Because I, it was as I would like to put it, and I feel like a lot of FSC fans would agree, it was a great win. Don't get me wrong, yeah. wonderful win, but it was also just the most satisfying game to watch in my entire life. Yes, I was very pleased. I wasn't like I was happy. I was cheering, but I was also just like there were times where I was just sitting and I was just like, "This is what FSU football is. That's what it yeah. needs to be." And like, so, it needs like, to be back to I, I have always since. With the three of us have been students, it's been a struggle. I mean, yeah. for a long time we were called five and seven university. Oh yeah. So to now be bowl eligible Ooh. and on the climb still, yeah, with three games left in the season, yeah, three manageable, three games we can win. Yeah, yeah. It's just exciting. I'm just very happy about this FSU team. Mike Norvell yeah. is doing a wonderful job. When I don't know which player it was, I don't think he's a starter, but like he'll go, he'll get in a guy's face. Hmm. He'll get in a guy's face and he'll like if they're having a bad day, if they're showing That's, their butt, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're absolutely showing their <laughs> rear end. He'll be like, "Hey, calm down. Like you're winning. Like be coachable. Be the player I have been coaching you to be. I Show like sportsmanship, that. which is respectable." That was a huge. Yeah, I, I had a lot of respect for Norvell in that moment because that that really showed his leadership and how you know. I mean, you look at the the great coach like Saban, for example. Who I mean, he doesn't let stuff like if a player start if a player's angry and he's you know, got you know his, his anger gets the best of him and he's yelling and saying things he shouldn't or he's you know yelling at his teammates or just causing a, a, a ruckus when there doesn't need to be one. Like Saban will get up in his face and tell him to shut up and tell him you know how he needs to act. But and that's yeah. exactly what Norvell I saw out of Norvell. We, and that made me so because it's like. That's the culture change right there. Yeah. Like, that's what's different from Taggart. That's even what's different from, you know, maybe like from Jimbo to an extent yeah. even. Like, I think there's some of that going, like, where people just get egos and get a little cocky and like Norvell's not going to do Everyone that. is held accountable. If you're an Everybody. FSU player, you are held accountable of your actions both on and off the field. Yep. I'm very proud. And I, like, even when, when that happened, everybody like applauded. We were clapping. Yeah. All of us watching on that watch party. We all That's lost my coach. our voices because of the game. We were all, there was yeah. just so much to cheer about. There was. <laughs> Jordan Travis, spectacular performance. Jared Verse, spectacular performance. Trey yeah. Benson, wonderful guy. Who's Trey Robinson, Benson? dude? Really cool talent. Also, he is also very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Norvell told him, like, you literally just made a highlight, like, for the Miami-FSU rivalry. Like that, his tackle will be used in the highlight videos for sure. Future Tyler Van Dyke, not a very good performance. I know he he was very he was in and out of the game with an injury with his shoulder. So beat up that D line beat him up. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, very proud of the team. Hopefully, we can go into Syracuse another road game, Mm -hmm. and I hope that we can get proper rest. Yeah, um, and just absolutely tear up the orange. Big road challenge. Also, an important thing of note, one more game that I have to mention. Okay. Two more, actually. Texas Showdown. Number four, TCU is going to number 18, Texas. That will be interesting. But the Lane Kiffin versus the Nick Saban train. Two friends. 
are going to yep. become nemi- like enemies. Mm-hmm. They're going to become rivals Nemines. this weekend. And enemies. Uh, <laughs> number ten, Alabama goes to number eleven, Ole Miss. That's a huge, we can, huge game with major. We can start with picks. Now. Yeah, we can, I want to start with picks. Um, we can start with that game. Yeah, well, no, yeah. First <laughs> up, yeah, the the tide off of a loss, go on the road again. To, to Oxford. Oxford to play Lane Kiffin and his Ole Miss Rebels. Not like Oxford, England. We're talking like down there in Mississippi. We're talking. Hotty toddy. Yeah. Hotty toddy. Where the sorority girls just, you know, they'd rather be in the Grove than at the stadium, but we'll see. Uh, Auburn's trying to get that head coach currently, so we'll see. If Lane Kiffin, if he can beat, which. He can do it sometimes. He I'll does start it off. Like three years. I'll, I'll start the pick. I'm going to say Saban takes the win. Mm. I'm going to say the angry Alabama squad. It, the, Brian Kelly, stellar performance. Way to call – way to just go for the win against Saban because that's how you have Love to be call. with Nick Saban. You don't go – don't play Don't play it safe with Nick Saban. If you're going to win, go for it. But, yeah, yeah I'm taking the tide on this one. The, this Alabama team is mad, and Ole Miss can't compete. Yeah, I, I'm with you on it. I think Bama's going to take the – Take the W. This is a huge game, though. Major implications for the SEC West. Because right now you have Bama, LSU, and Ole Miss all sitting tied, you know, to basically see who's going to take on Georgia Georgia in the SEC championship game. So this is a huge, huge matchup with major implications for that. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun to watch, a lot on the line. Um, but, yeah, I think Saban uh, and this Bama squad go into, uh, go into Ole Miss and, you know, get a very – very difficult away win. It's, it's uh, going to be a good game, but... It's going to be yeah. an awesome game. I mean, these two teams don't like each other. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and there, there's a lot of teams that don't like Bama just because it's Bama, but they don't like each other, so... Good picks, boys. I want to go uh, Bama. Ole Miss has lost the last six in a row to Alabama, and it's going to become seven this weekend. So. All right. Number 24, Washington. The Huskies go to Oregon to face Bo Nix in that number six squad. Mm-hmm. Bo yeah. Nix is a force to be reckoned with. He's super fast. He's getting so much better as the season progresses. And, I'm, I mean, you have to take the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got the Ducks, too. They're on a run. Revenge tour. Uh, I would love to see them sneak into the playoff. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. So, yeah, I've got them uh, winning this week against Washington. Very high on the Ducks. They're a very good team. They got a good quarterback. So, yeah, good Ducks. All right. The Horned Frogs, who remain undefeated, go to Texas to face them Longhorns. Good game. TCU has creeped into that college football playoff realm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're not taking it lightly. They're pl- having a really good season. And I, I think. I want to mention Texas is favored in this game. So. I, d- I think it, that's what, yeah. I think it's going to be a hard fought match. I think that Texas is going to come and they're going to be present against TCU. But I do think TCU closes. Mm. I do. I think that they're very talented. Their offensive scheme is very proficient, and they get the win—a close win, but a win. Mm. Not so fast. I got the Longhorns beating TCU. Um, TCU does—they—they they look like a good team. I just—and they have played some okay competition as well. They have a few quality wins, uh, but they just have a lot of close games to me. Where yeah. you know they—they've seemed susceptible uh, to a loss. I think Texas has got the moxie. I think Quinn Ewers has got the skill and the passion to go in there and uh, and beat TCU and knock them out of the playoffs. I don't want to see TCU in the playoff because I feel like <laughs> any team that they play, they're just going to get crushed by. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think Texas is going to win this game in Texas for sure. 
So uh, tickets for that game start as low as five dollars. <laughs> now I'll be there. <laughs> Literally, what, what are we on? <laughs> That'd be a great way to spend your Saturday. True. But um, what a good game! I, like the fact Texas is favored is throwing me off because like TCU has just gone through every opponent they versed this year. They're undefeated. They versed three ranked opponents. They've gotten three wins against them. I'm going to go TCU. So I'm going to go not so fast, Caleb. I'm going to go TCU. It's going to be a really so hard fast. game. But, um, yeah. So I'm going to go TCU. I think Quinn Ears is going to struggle against a really good defense. Uh, he struggled against Oklahoma State, went 19 for 49. Yeah. So I think he's going to struggle again here. And then last game, FSU at Syracuse. FSU back in the poll. I think we're all across the board. Knowles? Yeah. I, I've got FSU for sure. Um it's going to be a hard battle. Syracuse is still a good team, regardless of the downtrend that they've been facing the past few weeks. They're still a great team. Yeah. Uh, and especially in New York, uh, that's a long road trip for us. They've lost um, some pretty big games at home, though. Syracuse they have, has. They have. Um, you know, I think we're extremely hot right now. Polls finally showing us. Uh, respect. Showing us some respect after a huge victory of Miami, which well-deserved. Um, I think we continue to climb uh, Knowles by... Knowles by 90. <laughs> so, I'm actually going to go Syracuse here. Uh, I know it's not like the best thing to say on a <laughs> <laughs> What? I know it's not the best thing to say on a Florida State podcast. But Syracuse is a good team. They've had some really tough opponents. They versus Clemson. They versus you, Notre Dame. You, you picked the Knowles when they were facing Clemson. Uh-huh. But you're not going to pick them when they're facing a down bad Syracuse team. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, that's just my – That's what, if I had to bet money on it, I'm going Syracuse. I Why? want FSU to win. Give me – I think FSU – hold on. Let me give reasons. Yeah. I think FSU – we've seen it before when they beat LSU. They got very lazy – not lazy. They just got too full of themselves, and they didn't take practice seriously. I don't know if that will happen again this time, but they had a huge win. Are they going to take practice seriously this time? And then number two, Syracuse isn't just a pushover. They were a good team. They still are a good team. They've hit a rough patch of their schedule. It's not like they're reversing bombs. They, they lost versed... to Pitt. And they yes. only scored nine points. But you points. have to understand, it was right after they versed Clemson and Notre, and Notre Dame, two historically dominant programs. Notre Dame, again, they just beat Clemson. So, again, that's just my opinion. You guys are going FSU. I respect <laughs> that. I want FSU to win. I'm gonna go Syracuse. I, yeah, and I agree with you. I don't think it's a it's not a pushover victory at all. Like Syracuse is still a solid squad. Um, I think yeah, out of our three games, trust me, I want FSU to win. I'll be sad if Syracuse wins, but I'm gonna go Syracuse. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna move into the NFL. All right. And we're gonna rapid fire these picks. First of all, <laughs> starting us off in Germany this week. Whoa. The Seahawks play the Bucks. What? I have got Geno Smith by a mile. The Bucks are falling apart, and they're all their wins. They're just lucky to get. Whereas Seahawks are rolling. Confucianis dying over here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We're I all, just anytime I talk about the Bucks, I just get a really bad like cough. Cough. It, like some of my throat just starts ticking because right, so they're just so the Bucks, bad. Then. Make a pick. Yeah, I'm going with Seattle. Geno Smith is. Uh, Geno Smith. Smith is an MVP underdog. Uh, I think he's at least top five. Um, you know, maybe a long shot. But the Bucks, yeah, Bucks do not look good. They barely beat the Rams in a game where they honestly like 
very easily could have lost. Uh, Seattle looks good right now. Like Pete Carroll, he's a cool guy going to Seattle. Yeah. So again, two picks in a row where I want the Bucks to win. I want FSU to win. But I think the Seahawks will win. Okay. So I'm just go Seahawks. Browns and Dolphins in Miami. I've, I've got the fins, bro. Come on now. I got the fins. Um, Do you need to explain yourself? Can not really. Go ahead. You got it. Yeah, I'll go fins too. Yeah, come on now. GG. Come on now. Cleveland's leaving like a 40 degree temperature place, and they're about to get cramps galore. They're about to sweat their. <laughs> they're about to sweat through all their shirts and everything. They're like, ooh. I feel bad for him, bro. That flight back, it's going to stink. It's going to stink. Losing by 20 points, it's bro. It's going to stink. We're going to, yeah. So, ne- I, ne- I got fans. Next game, probably the game of the week, in my opinion. Vikings <laughs> in Buffalo to face the Bills. Uh, That's a good game, bro. To Kirk Thuggins. <laughs> I, I think he's a great guy, but I'm going to go Josh Allen and the Bills off of a loss. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think uh, the Vikings will pick up their second L here uh, in Buffalo. Yeah, that that Bills team is too high power, especially coming off a loss to the Jets. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be a very tight game. Vikings are a good team, but I got the Bills winning. Mm. Interesting, 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 boys. Okay. Um, I got the Bills winning too. I'm high on the Vikings, but again, it's like one of those things where – Again, you predict the Notre Dame upsetting Clemson. Like, obviously, yeah. they, they probably wouldn't. Like, it shouldn't happen on paper, but you got to predict that upset. And this is one of those things where I'm really high on the Vikings, but I do think they've won a little bit too many games in a row, and now they're versing a very good team. They're neat. they're they're due for a they're loss. They're due for a loss. So it's about yep. that time. I I could see them winning if Josh Allen is still turnover prone. He's been very turnover prone his last few games. Dude, Sauce Gardner, that man, just got out. My little plug for him. Well, yeah. As much as, I guess, Sauce Gardner is a good player, it is Josh Allen just being very careful. Yes, yeah, for sure. Because it's been three games in a row now. So we'll see if it continues. Next game? Oh, Saints go to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers at Heinz Field. I would say... I'm going to tank harder, boys. I don't know. I, I I think Dennis Allen and the boys are going to settle. You know they're gonna get they're gonna really focus in this road. Win. They're going on the road this week. I'll take the Saints just because the Steelers. They're they're missing a lot of key pieces. Yeah, I'm gonna go Saints. Obviously, um, hopefully the defense um, kind of gets back to the way that they were playing against the Raiders. It's really, I mean, it's really the offense for me though. Like the offense just has to like start well from the from the get go. Um, you know, I think the Steelers are a team that we one of the few teams we can do that against. But yeah, yeah I'm gonna go with New Orleans. Great pick, boys. Great picks, great picks. Kenny Pickett's two touchdowns, eight interceptions. I think the Saints defense is gonna feast. I'm yeah. sure they have that up in the locker room right now. Like, yeah. Like this guy, he's just gonna throw up lollipops in the air room. But uh so yeah, yeah I'm yep. gonna go Saints. <sighs> I'm just gonna get this over with. Jags at Chiefs. We're all gonna go Jags, right? We're all going to go Chiefs. Uh, uh, the Jags had a great win, but it was against the Raiders. To be fair, so Sean Payton, I think we're, we're all going Chiefs. Chiefs. Right? Yeah, no, yeah, okay. Chiefs. yeah okay, cool. So Sean Payton was talking about it this week on the <coughs> Colin Coward Show. The Chiefs just had the best win of the season. Let me explain why. Sean Payton, as he explained, he doesn't <laughs> like when a team blows a team out. Another reason why I didn't pick up SU this week. Because it's hard to coach the guys in practice during the week. Because everyone, every game you make mistakes. 
But when you blow out a team 45 to 3, there's no mistake. Well, no, there are mistakes. It's just the players are less concentrated on and focused on like fixing those mistakes. When the Chiefs barely beat the Tennessee Titans like they did, the players are focused. They're like, we didn't really deserve that. We're happy we won. We fought for it. Yeah. yeah. And they're more, yeah, they're way more invested into the practice. I mean, you could argue the Jags also fought for their, they definitely fought for their win. So they're focused. They're locked in. They're saying, hey, we liked Victory Monday. Let's have another one. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it would come against the Chiefs, but the Jags are not going to be. Yeah. Like out of the loop. It's not like they're they're high on their win either. Yeah, true. I think if you would have caught the Chiefs last week, they were on a high right then. They were again due for a loss. They were due for a bad yeah. performance. Yeah. I think this week they're going to pre- prepare and practice very well, and they're going to. Yeah, you don't want to verse them this Sunday, and the Jags are an unfortunate team. That has unfortunate. To. All right. So, uh, this game's kind of a. Uh, backwater game. Cards go to LA to face the Rams. Yeah. Neither team is performing the way we had envisioned for the season, but I'm going to go Rams. I don't think the cards are very good at all. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for that one. Uh, I'm going to go cards on this one. Uh, I think that offense looks a little bit better now with D Hop back. Um, the Rams have not looked very good lately. They looked pretty bad against the Bucks. This, you know, the this this offense of the Rams has just not been performing the way that they should be. Their running back room is all out of sorts, and yeah, um, it just seems like you know the only bright spot on this team right now is Cooper Cup, and a lot of teams are starting to catch on to that. Uh, cards with D Hop back, a lot more versatility on the offensive side. So I've got a uh, Arizona winning this one. I'm gonna go Rams. Rams beat them the first time they played. Yeah. And I'm gonna get, I haven't won them winning again. The only teams that they've versed recently that were like half decent, no offense, was the Saints. <laughs> and uh, that was not a quality win. The car, yeah. 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 They, they, they've yeah. been 0-3 in their last four games. Yeah. And their one win there. Well, they've been 1-3 in the one win. The cards? Yeah. yeah. Buda, the Buda Baker like screamed at his team after that loss yesterday or on Sunday against oh, Geno yeah, Smith and the Seahawks. That. Like, He's angry, but I don't think and that's going to change anything. <laughs> like, I don't know. Last game, the Chargers are going to San Francisco to face the red-hot 49ers. Mm. I, I've got the Niners. Like, the Chargers are not what we expected them to be. Like we said, we were high on the AFC West. We thought they were going to be the most dominant force in the NFL, but reality is they're not, and the 49ers are on the up. CMC is getting that work done, and I want them. To, I want them to win. I think they're going to win. Yeah, the Chargers confuse me, dude. Like, I never like understand really who. <coughs> excuse me. Never really understand who they are, because like one week they'll play lights out, or occasionally they'll play lights out. Looks like they're a good team, and then one the next week it's like these guys are scrubs. Yeah. So it's they're they're too inconsistent for me. The 49ers are very consistent now with CMC. Um, they're just they're they're a contender in the NFC for sure. Uh, so I've got the Niners. Sweet. Not so fast there, Confuge. I got the Chargers. Uh, again, the 49ers are a really good team. but the I mean, Chargers, you love Justin Herbert. Me? Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's a love-hate relationship. There's so much potential there, but he's confusing at times. He does good commercials. It's like, it's like yeah, that, he does. It's like the girlfriend or like a girl that you like. That like Sometimes you have fire conversations, and then other times... You just like it's just not there, or she's talking to another guy. And you're like, what? just mixed signals. I we, yeah, yeah, I thought we had such a good connection. 
Right. Thought we were going places. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, that's so, what it's like with you and Justin Herbert. Yeah, well, oh, man. That, <laughs> <laughs> I just good, it was a good analogy. I was good. Yeah, Justin Herbert. The Chargers are very inconsistent. That secondary, we thought they were going to be wonderful. They're not. They're just average at best. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I got for the, this episode. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 11 of the To The House podcast. Yep. We can't wait to cover more sports next week. And we know there was a lot of content this week. It was a big week in sports across all platforms. Oh, yeah. And we'll be sure to cover more sports next week. Again, this is Caleb, Caleb and Naaman signing off. Mm-hmm.